Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And I'm joined this morning by Julie Weisenhor from the University of Minnesota and the Minnesota State Fair with that big pumpkin. We'll talk about, <laughs> I don't think she's guarding it at the moment. But I uh, am good, not. good morning to you, Julie. Hey, Denny, how are you? I'm doing quite well. Thank you very much. You and I were talking about this, and I, I was saying, you know, this is this is kind of time to brag. And uh, <laughs> I hope my colleagues aren't too je- jealous because I mentioned it earlier this morning, and I just told you some specifics that that uh, there's such a thing as a podcast, and people really using that, as you know, and yes. uh, and uh, the podcast they can check on past shows here on CCO Radio, and above all the shows, I mean every single one of my colleagues, we have surpassed this garden show six, seven times greater than any wow. of them. And that's huge. We're talking hundreds, maybe close to 800. And wow. uh, yeah, so thank you and your colleagues for, for giving us such a, a great show. And uh, let's face it, gardening, lawns and gardens, big topic yes. around here. By, in yes. fact, all over the country for that matter. Yeah. So are these podcast views per week or per That's a good month? question. I, 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 I don't know. I think wow. they're... I think they may be per month. I mean, it was a okay. gradual increase. I think that's what it is, per month. That's I mean, great. we've gone for a minimum of 300 to all the way almost like 760 wow. or something that's like fantastic. that. That's so, fantastic. Yeah. Well, so take that, nice, you guys. Yeah. It is a nice way to uh, follow up. You know, if you miss the show yeah. and people have busy lives, we understand that. So they can go back and listen to it. That's fantastic. And we appreciate that you post the podcast so we can then link to them on our Yard and Garden yeah, page. So absolutely. Uh, if people go to one location, they can find them or the other. So that's well, fabulous. Th- well, thanks to the great expertise that you and your colleagues have that, uh, that drive the show for sure. That's, that's, that's the reason. Uh, I'll tell you what, let's, let's uh, make it official here. Call or text your uh, lawn or garden question for Julie, 651 461 Nine two two six. Well, before we get to uh, some text messages that have come in already, Julie, uh, what about this pumpkin? Tell us, in fact, <laughs> you've been on television. What uh, for those that don't know? Give us that story in a, in a thumbnail sketch of it. All right, here's a thumbnail sketch. We at Extension, uh, three of us. It was Annie Claude, who's uh, my colleague in fruits, and 
Our intern, Noah Burley, who is sadly back at Colorado State finishing his senior year now, but we enjoyed having him on our team this summer. Uh, The three of us decided to grow a giant pumpkin, and we uh, wanted to enter it, see if we could get it to grow, and, and write about it, and so that people at home could say, hey, you know, I can grow a giant pumpkin. I've got enough space. Uh, that would be a great thing to do with my kids. Uh, let's see if we can do it too. And so essentially that's what we did, and we had lots of visitors at the Arboretum, and and we tapped into the knowledge of the people who do grow giant pumpkins all the time, our pumpkin our community of giant pumpkin growers around Minnesota. And Annie has connections to pumpkin growers in general because she works with them as part of her job. So we kind of pooled their information that they shared. Uh, They're very knowledgeable, very open and willing to share and got a pumpkin to the fair. And we have a second pumpkin that's going to a uh, harvest festival in early October out in Stillwater where they, all the really serious pumpkin growers go and, uh, compete against each other. So that's the story. Audrey is her name. She weighed 591 and a half pounds. And we have Seymour back at the Arboretum. So people can still go to the Arboretum and see Seymour in his all his glory. <laughs> These are the names of uh, <laughs> characters in, uh, what was the movie? The, the Broadway Little play, too. Horrors. Little Shop yeah. of Horrors. Yeah. But as Sarah Jackson, our uh, PR person at... Uh, the Arboretum says Little Shop of Horticulture, and that was actually coined by Marielle Mose uh, from CCO Television. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah she's Absolutely. been uh, very interested in the project. So we appreciate we appreciate all the media, too. They've really uh, jumped on board and given us a lot of good exposure, and, and people are excited about it. It's a cool thing well, to see. Well, maybe we need a little fun news instead, you know? <laughs> yeah. Maybe, just maybe. Yeah, we were, we were fifth in the adult division. There were seven entries. The largest pumpkin, though, that one that's the largest, over 1,600 pounds. Holy. It's a record for the Minnesota State Fair, according to Phil Clint, who's the superintendent. So wow. he's been on the job for over 30 years, and he said he's never seen one this big before. So, yeah, so that was really cool to be part of that, too. Fun story. Uh, okay, Julie, put you back to work here. Right. I think I think Bob in Lakeville on the phone is first up here, if I am not mistaken. Uh, Bob, if you're still there, what's your question for Julie? Yes, thank you. I have about a dozen cemetery graves to seed, and of course, with a seed, the only thing that's been growing all summer has been the weeds. So I'm wondering how I can uh, knock down the weeds without having a product like Roundup, and I was thinking maybe a propane torch to burn it off and then top it with soil, and I've got a special cemetery seed mix. But how do I take care of the weeds before seeding and not have them you know, intrude with the seed growth? Well, Bob, that's a that is definitely a niche problem. I've never had anybody cemetery plots before. So um, good for you for taking care of those. That's amazing. It's wonderful. It's a great way to to uh, remember people that you care about. The problem with the weeds is if you don't, uh, if there are perennial weeds, you gotta either dig them out or you have to treat them. Uh, torching them, my weeds, you gotta either dig them out or you have to treat them. Uh, Torching them might work, might work temporarily, but those roots are still in the ground, and so they are going to likely come back. Um, It's good you have a a good seed mix. That's great. 
Um, but I think you're going to need to do something, either hand dig those weeds out, and maybe you're willing to do that. Maybe that's a little tricky because they're graves. But um, I think that that's probably going to be your best bet if you don't want to use some kind of uh, chemical application. If they are annuals, which like crab grass, you can certainly use a pre-emergent next spring in particular, and you can put that down on the soil. You can't seed um, when you do that, so seeding now is better. Uh, you can dormant seed this fall also in around November, and that will help get you off to a good start next next year. But yeah, pre-emergent, you can't put that down if you're putting seed down at the same time because then your seed won't germinate. But that would help mm. with your annual seeds. Okay. That's right. a boy. That's a. I've never had a question about a cemetery plot. So yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you for that call. Texter says this, Julie. Then we'll take a quick break. Uh, good morning. I'm moving soon and would like to take a magnolia shrub and a shrub rose with me. What would be the best time? Do you think? Thank you. Oh boy, spring would be better. But if you're moving and you want to take them with you, I hope they're small. I hope that magnolia is a fairly young plant. Uh, you can dig those up. I would have a, a nice big piece of tarp or a big nursery pot. So these are the big pots that trees come in. And have that ready and then get them back in your new location ASAP. Don't, don't let them sit around in those pots. You want to get them in the ground soon so that they can at least start to reestablish their roots before we move into winter. And, and maybe we'll have a nice long fall like we did last year. That was a, that was a blessing. So, uh, yeah, dig them up, put them in a pot, or wrap their roots in root ball in, in the tarp, and then get them in the ground as soon as possible. And water, 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 water. So we yeah. have a good page called Water Wisely, and it gives you instructions on how to water newly planted shrubs and trees. And I would count those as newly planted, even though you've, you've been growing them at your current location. Okay. All right, Julie, hang on. We're going to take a quick break here, invite our listeners to uh, join in. Jim in St. Paul, you're going to be next on the phone, and we have uh, some text messages to field as well. Here's the phone number. It also happens to be the text number, 651-461-9226. 68 degrees in the Twin Cities. They've diminished the chances of precipitation today to 40%. 50% overnight, down to 20% for your Sunday. Just a note for the... uh, State Fair visitors. So bring an umbrella. Not a bad idea. We'll give you the full forecast at the bottom of the hour. But in the meantime, mostly cloudy, 68 degrees here on CCO. Good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show around every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour here on News Talk A3OWCCO. You can also find a podcast, as we mentioned earlier as well, and catch up if you have to miss it. Uh, Julie Weisenhorn's with us from the U of M uh, answering your uh, questions this morning. As you know, Julie, we have callers and we have texters, so let us uh, put you back to work. Uh, I'm going to grab this text first, and then we'll uh, get Jim. Uh, is it okay, Texter says, to cut off peony buds or seeds now or wait until uh, cutting down the peonies? Oh, you can cut those off now. In fact, you can cut them off as soon as they appear on your plants. So, yes, that's perfectly fine. Okay. All right. Let's get get a phone call in here from Jim, who's calling in from uh, St. Paul this morning. Thanks for waiting, Jim. What is your question for Julie? Well, first of all, I really love your show. Thank and you. Stuff Thank you. like that. It's a lot of information. 
My problem is my tomatoes. I get these great big huge cracks coming out from the stem and then they get turned kind of turned black and stuff like that. Now what causes this? Is this a fungus or is this something that I'm doing wrong? Are they coming off are the stems uh coming off where the fruit is, Jim? Yes, from from the, okay. where <clears throat> where the tomato meets the uh the plant. That okay. right from that that part of it, the tomato itself gets these big black cracks in them. The tomato itself gets cracks in them. Yes. Okay, so tomatoes crack for a couple reasons. One of one of them could be a disease issue, but uh, there's a great article in our uh, blog, and uh, Annie and Natalie Hoytel, who's our fruit educator indicated that cracks in tomatoes happen. Uh, we've been seeing a lot of them lately because of inconsistent watering between rainfall. So we've had, of course, not much for rain around, at least around our parts here. And and so by when you don't have a lot of rain and then you get a lot of rain or you do a lot of watering, it can cause that fruit to crack. The cracks then can be a opening point for some kind of disease, bacteria, or fungal, and that's when they turn black like that. We do have an excellent, if, if, you've, um, if you've been on our website, we have a great plant disease webpage, and there's a really good information about tomato diseases and gives you good photos, and you can kind of find what your problem is and then see what the diagnosis is. I think the, the biggest thing with tomatoes, and we see this with you know, blossom end rot, is, is watering and that inconsistent watering or, or watering too much all at once because the plant is starting to wilt. Um, very, very common. So I, I'm guessing that that's, that might be the issue. It could also be the type of tomato. There might be some that are less resistant to, or more, I should say more resistant to cracking. And so you maybe want to look at some different varieties too next year. Sounds good. All right. Uh, Terry, I think, is calling in as well from Orinoco uh, this morning. Uh, Terry, thank you for waiting. What's your question? Oh, thank you so much, Mr. Denny Long. It's just a priceless uh, program you and the faculty at the university and the Master Gardeners have put out. I have a long time, I I mean it from the bottom of my heart, I have a long time uh, problem and want to update on the use of Roundup. My wife wants to use it. I'm kind of old-fashioned. I've been digging up this. I put on the in my flower garden. I I put in uh, the pre-emergent this year, and last fall I dug up all the quack grass and the crab grass. But the tree, the pre-emergent didn't phase it. Now I got a flower gar- perennial garden full of uh, crab grass and crack grass. Is it safe to use this? Roundup. It's uh, my wife got it, it, and you hook up the hose to it. But oh. I keep thinking of that fellow in San Francisco. That remember that uh, gardener on the the uh, San Francisco school system who died of that. He got all that stuff in his face, and he died of that Roundup. Okay. Um, well, that's a, it's always a good question to think about chemical use because there are ways to alleviate. Um, you know, or prevent having to use chemicals. Sometimes we do get in a tight spot where we have such an overgrowth of weeds or invasive species, for example, that we have to then use chemicals. And it's important to read the label. It's important to protect yourself 
uh, and to follow the instructions. A label is a legal document, and if you use it incorrectly, you're, you're technically breaking a law. But um, it's more about your personal safety. So you're, you're right to think twice before and think, how can I take care of these weeds without using chemicals? I'm not going to comment on the lawsuit because there's a lot of different uh, uh, sides to that story. But I will address, let's talk about your issue. Quackgrass is a perennial weed, and so it is a dickens to get out. Uh, you've been doing the right thing by digging it out. Crab Crabgrass is an annual weed, and you tried the pre-emergent. It could have been the timing of your pre-emergent, so you might want to try it again. Uh, and I would I would do it in the spring. Now, you can't put that pre-emergent, as we said in the earlier caller, down if you're seeding. So if you're seeding carrots or seeding uh, other you know flowers like zinnias, you can't put that pre-emergent in that area because then the flower seeds won't germinate. Um, mulching is always a good way to help control weeds and it, and it also helps to hold in moisture in the soil. It looks great. It shows off your plants really nicely. And it also, as it decomposes, it adds carbon or, uh, nutrients to your soil. So it enhances your soil. So I would say that next year, um, I would put the pre-emergent down again, provided you're not seeding anything there. And then I would also cover it with mulch. A couple of inches is all you need. You can buy wood wood mulch, shredded wood mulch. You can get it locally. That's always advisable to use products that are near you. And I would put that in your flower garden. Okay. I'll tell you what. I'm getting a signal here that it's time for a look at that forecast. All and right. Important to note here. Let's do that. We have about another half hour of the show to go. If you uh, have a lawn or garden question for Julie, by all means, call it in or text it in. Same number, 651-461-9226. Weather straight ahead here on News Talk 830. This is WCCO. And good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on CCO every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour. This morning, helping you out, Julie Weisenhorn from the University of Minnesota, 651-461-9226. Julie, a bunch of callers and a bunch awesome. of texters as as well. Uh, text came in a, a while ago. I want to catch up a little bit on those, too, so those folks on the line right. don't go away. Uh, this texter says, I grew baby eggplants this year, but the fruits seem dull in color and rock hard. What did I do wrong? Boy, that's a, that's a great question. Um, dull in color and hard. It could be the variety. If you've never grown these before, um, maybe it's not a good variety for us here in Minnesota. That's one thing. Uh, the other thing might be a, uh, watering issue. So usually when fruits are kind of tasteless or hard, it could be that they're lacking water and they didn't develop very well, so they weren't very healthy. And I think that that, if you grew them, especially if you grew them in containers, it's hard. I grow eggplants in containers, and it's hard to keep those containers watered as we get into the hotter times of the summer. So I'm guessing it might be watering or it might be the variety. Okay. Here's a timely question, I think. When should I fertilize for the winter? Ooh, we're coming up to great lawn care time. Fall is the best time to do lawn care, like fertilizing, seeding, uh, treating for uh, perennial weeds. This is a good time to do that. 
the the plants are actively growing, both the grass plants and the weed plants. So as you treat for broadleaf weeds like Creeping Charlie and purslane, these plants are going to uh, take up the uh, chemical much more readily at this time of year. This is a good time to do it. It's also a good time to aerate your lawn. So lawn companies are, I'm sure, running crazily from client to client, but this is a great time to do any of that yard work. Yeah, especially after the summer we had. Wow. Yes, especially after the summer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, back to the phones we go, Julie. Bill is first up here calling in from Venice Heights, I do believe. Uh, Thank you for waiting, Bill. What's your question for Julie? Good morning. Uh, For the past month, we've had uh, lots of brown spots on our lawn, about two, three inches in diameter. We're thinking it's dollar spot. We're wondering uh, why it shows up in some areas, not in others, and how to treat it. Okay, Bill. Boy, I wish we had our turf person on. (laughs) Um, A dollar spot is a, I want to say it's a fungal disease, and it is something that uh, I think usually with with those cases, I'm just looking on our website at this moment because I want to be sure that I'm being fairly accurate about this. But um, I think um, one of the things to do is look at uh, how you're taking care of the lawn if it is getting enough water. Um, In those spots, you could dig out those spots and you could reseed in those areas. You can uh, purchase a seed that's appropriate for your conditions and then reseed it. I'll uh, maybe mix a little topsoil in with the seed and then keep those spots watered. That would be the same thing you would do if you had, say, dog spots in your yard also. Um, If you want to determine conclusively that it's dollar spot, you can always send a sample to our plant disease clinic on campus. It is at uh, PDC, P as in plant, D as in disease, C as in clinic, dot UMN dot EDU. A sample is about $45. Uh, I would call them or email them first with maybe a picture and see if they can help as well. And then something new that we have uh, for lawn owners is our home lawn newsletter. And we put a link to that on our uh, Yard and Garden page and also in our Yard and Garden news that comes out every two weeks. So that's a great resource as well. Um, So I would uh, see if you... I would reseed those areas, dig them out, reseed them, and uh, and then I would go ahead and if you do want to have a disease uh, diagnosis, you can send a sample to the plant disease clinic. Okay. Thank you, Bill. Diane is calling in this morning on the show from uh, St. Paul, I do believe. Uh, Diane, thank you for waiting. What is your question, please? Good morning and thanks for your program. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to figure out what I might do to save a potted Dracaena marginata that I uh, donated to my church, and I'm noticing it's it's looking very poorly. The <laughs> this is a, a plant that's in a pot that's maybe 18 inches tall, but very V-shaped, narrow at the bottom, wider at the top, and the stalks of the plant are maybe another 18 inches above the pot top. And over time, the little leaves that look like miniature palm leaves have been drying at the tip and then falling off. And all of a sudden, I've noticed a very accelerated rate of that. And I believe yesterday I saw that one of the four stalks that are coming up looks as though it's maybe getting mushy or dying. Would you guess that I probably had an issue with too much water, there is no drainage at the bottom, 
and perhaps if it was taken out of that pot and and checked and maybe new potting, it may be rotting the roots at the bottom. What do you think? You just you just answered the question right there. That's exactly what I think it is when you said that. I do believe you really need to have the drainage in this pot, and I do believe that you probably have some root rot going on. Um, and so, yes, I would repot that plant. I would examine the roots and trim off any that look mushy or dark and put it in a little larger pot. I would put it in a more standard pot with a good drainage hole, a nice saucer underneath it, and uh, and then I would uh, use a good quality, brand new potting soil. Buy a buy a new bag of that. Yes, but you are you hit the nail on the head right there. All right, thanks, Diane. Texas says should uh, here's a uh, the very healthy full bushes. Should mature hydrangea bushes be pruned in the fall, spring, or trimmed at all? So that depends on the type of hydrangea you have. So uh, some hydrangeas you can just leave and let grow. Others, you want to prune off the dead flowers, and usually people, we recommend doing that in the spring. I like to keep the dead flowers on through the winter because it adds some interest in the backyard. But uh, lucky for you, we have a video that came out this spring on how to prune hydrangeas that goes into the three main species, arborescence, macrophylla, and, uh, and paniculata that we have here in Minnesota. So take a look at that video, and we have a handout or a web page that also accompanies that video. You'll see me and uh, Dr. Brandon Miller, our landscape horticulturist faculty, and uh, we're uh, talking and showing you how to prune your hydrangeas. So, um, so take a look at that video, and I think you'll get your answer. What were those names again? <laughs> the names of the plants? Yeah. The, the... Uh, arborescence, uh, hydrangea arborescence, hydrangea macrophylla, and hydrangea paniculata. It sounds like a law firm. <laughs> <laughs> I would Our just, uh, macrophylla and paniculata yes, esquire yes, yes. esquire <laughs> uh okay let's go back to the phones i couldn't resist john is calling in from menominee i believe uh, this morning john you're on cco what is your question yes good morning i lost a, lo- a large branch off my maple tree uh during a storm here a while back and i've got a six inch by probably one foot scar than where it tore off. So my question is, should I cover that scar with the black tar stuff or let it heal on its own? Let it heal on its own. We found uh, through research that, that these plants, uh, if it, 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 they will heal over the scars themselves. It's never going to look quite as nice as, as the bark, the rest of the bark. So just be prepared for that. Um, but yes, trees will heal themselves. Uh, for the most part, and uh, we use that tar or the or shellac or a latex paint, a wound sealer is how they they sell it at garden centers, and uh, we use it when we have to prune a tree that may be at risk at the time of year we prune it. For example, oaks. If we had an oak that lost a branch between April and July, we would seal that off because of the risk of oak wilt. So, but the case with the with your maple, there's uh, very little risk at that point, and uh, uh, so you can go ahead and just leave it and let the tree just heal itself. Okay. So, long question, Julie. It says my lawn service uses quote liquid aeration in the fall. Is this as effective as traditional mechanic aeration? I am skeptical. Thank you. Yeah, I don't know much about the liquid aeration. I admit uh, it's something new that I heard about last year. And uh, and 
I think uh, we always recommend the mechanical, but I would have to consult with a, a our turf grass group. You might want to take a look at our turf.umn.edu webpage. This is written by our turf program in horticultural science. Lots of great information. You can just type in liquid aeration into the search box, and there may be an article about that that shows research results between liquid and mechanical. You know, that's a good point. I, as we head to this quick break, Julie, let's again, especially for our newer listeners, give that beautiful, wonderful resource, the University of Minnesota <laughs> website. Give it to yeah, us. Yeah, so you want to visit extension. Newer listeners, give that beautiful, wonderful resource, the University of Minnesota <laughs> website. Give it to yeah, us. Yeah, so you want to visit extension.umn.edu. And you can go to Yard and Garden, or you can in the search box just type in, you know, if you're looking for something on strawberries, for example, or hydrangeas, you can type that in and get a list of our web pages. Yeah, excellent. All right. Uh, let's take this quick break, Julie. We'll be right back with more of our Smart Garden Show in the Twin Cities now. Uh, still uh, chances of rain, what kind? 40% chance of showers and thunderstorms today, draw, uh, going up to 50% overnight, and then diminishing to 20% for your Sunday here in the Twin Cities. Right now, cloudy, 68 degrees on CCO. Good morning. Welcome back to the remaining minutes of our Smart Garden Show here on CCO. Every Saturday in the 8 o'clock hour, thanks for joining us today. Denny Long here with Julie Weisenhorn from the University of Minnesota. Yes. Che- yeah, check out that website, extension.umn.edu, go gophers. <laughs> um, texter says, Julie, I received an orchid for birth- my birthday and was told to water it with ice cubes. Mm. Is that the way to water it? Never had one. Yeah, so that's there's some research that says that that's fine, and I always tell people that that's a good thing if you have somebody taking care of your orchid for you while you're on vacation because it's pretty simple. But you really should soak those orchid roots uh, at least you know once a month maybe, um, and uh, and also be careful with the ice cube because you don't really want to put it on the roots, which can be kind of tricky. So I I take a plastic container, I fill it with rainwater or filtered water or um, spring water, distilled water, and then a little bit of orchid food and let the plant just soak in there and it takes up and, and really saturates the, the roots and then just let it drain and put it back in its pot or its window, wherever you have it. Um, the ice cubes, again, are kind of a shortcut, so oh, okay. it's not my favorite thing. All right. Earlier this summer, Texter writes, I bought two delphinium plants. Despite usual care, they appear dead. Leaves are all brown. Other plants nearby are just fine, though. What's going on? Might they come back next year? Yeah, might come back next year. Could be transplant shock combined with maybe the heat that we had. Um, I, the same thing happened to me with a stilby. I've got a, I have a, a brown thumb when it comes to a stilby. I don't know what the problem is. Um, I think sometimes it's the type of soil that you've planted that plant in. It's either uh, too dry and the plant just doesn't transplant well. But wait and see if it comes up next year. I'd put a stake in there or a label so that you don't dig them up by mistake. Good point. Another timely question. When grass seeding, do you cover grass seed with dirt or just rake in the seeds? How often to water new grass seed? Thank you. So roughing roughing up your uh, existing lawn 
before you seed is great. You want seed to soil contact. So you want to get that seed down toward the soil. You can aerate first and then do your top dressing with your seed. Uh, you can also mix that seed into some topsoil and sprinkle it on or some, some clean compost and, uh, and go ahead and do that as well. But you want to get that seed down uh, onto the soil so that you have good seed to soil contact so the seed can germinate and root well. Why do you think, Texas says, why are my apples turning brown and rotten on the trees and falling off? They're all ready to be picked. Mm, boy, that's a really great question. I am not sure why. Uh, usually the rotting occurs because of some kind of a, um, a whether it's a sunburn or sun scald or something that happens and then or the plants are wounded maybe by if you've had hail or birds have been pecking at them or you have insect issues. So um, uh, a good idea is to take a picture of those and send them into Ask Extension where we have master gardeners who can uh, field that, uh, you know, take a look at your email, take a look at the pictures, do some research and get back to you. And you can find that on our extension page at extension.umn.edu under Yard and Garden. All right. We have, Texture says, for many years applied crabgrass preventer in the spring. We have some bare spots in our backyard. Would the crabgrass preventer still be working? I'd like to put some grass seed down on the bare spots. Thank you for this wonderful show. Oh, well, that's great. I'm glad you like the show. Uh, you can go ahead and seed those bare spots. Um, I don't think that the crabgrass preventer is going to be working from this past spring. We've had enough rain and temperatures that's probably broken down by this point. So you could go ahead and seed those spots. A couple of minutes to go, Julie. Uh, Is now a good time to rake and overseed? Thank you very much. Yes, uh, fall is a great time to do it. We do have a Minnesota lawn care calendar, too, uh, that shows you the the best time to do things and kind of the second best time uh, to do different tasks for your lawn. So seeding now is a good time. Uh, the plants are, it's cooler temperatures. Our grasses are cool season grasses. They like to grow in cooler temperatures. And it looks like we, from your weather report, we have a pretty good stretch of cool weather coming up. Yeah, I think so. Uh, here's, I think this may be our last one, Julie. I have a hibiscus that is a tropical hibiscus that I want to bring inside through the winter. What do I have to do to keep it alive inside over the winter? They are great house plants. A sunny window is what you want. Um, you may want to take advantage of bringing it inside to uh, also repot it now. If it's overgrown, it's potted all. You could repot it. Be sure to clean up the pot. You can prune it back. But, you know, they set an awful lot of buds when they come into the house. So sometimes people like to let them bloom, go through a bloom, and then do some cutting back to just shape the plant a little bit. Mine gets a little wanky out on the deck, so I do that as well. All right, in our last minute here, Julie, we, we haven't mentioned it yet, but let's get to the Arboretum. I know you do that yes. quite often. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I office out at the yeah. Arboretum, so I'm there a lot. Uh, again, we have our pumpkins still growing, Seymour's growing out there, but there's so much to see. This is a fabulous time of year. We've got awesome weather coming up. Be sure to go on the website at arb.umn.edu and make a reservation and print out your ticket or have it on your smartphone to show at the gatehouse. We do uh, require reservations uh, just to help manage the people flow. We have so many visitors, and we want to be sure everybody can park and everyone can get food at the cafe and, uh, and drive around and walk around 
and see what's going on. So we've got gorgeous annual displays and the fall colors are going to start showing up pretty soon and the pumpkins and the squash and all those great displays that are out there. It's a great, it's always a great time of year to get there, but certainly this is one of my favorite times of the year is right where we are now. Well, Julie, thank you again for all your expertise, your help and uh, stay healthy. And uh, we'll talk to you in a couple (laughs) of weeks or so, I think. Thanks, Denny. Sounds good. Thanks, everyone. Julie Weisenhorn from the University of Minnesota. Yeah, check out their website, extension.umn.edu, and by all means, head to the Arboretum. Right now in the Twin Cities, 68 degrees. What kind of a chances of rain do we have today? 40% chance with a high near 82. Heading to the fair, bring an umbrella. And get, in the meantime, those home improvement questions ready for Andy Lindis. Andy's going to help us out uh, next hour here on WCCO. Right now, mostly cloudy skies. Our current CCO temperature reading, 68 degrees in the Twin Cities. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 